Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Humans are weird. Smiley face. Written by Betty Adams. Quartermaster, 57 clicks approached the undulate cautiously, staying safely above his gripping range and circling slowly. It wasn't like there was an active hostility between their species, not like the hostility that burned low and fierce between the winged kin and those earth crawlers. No, one had to be careful with the undulates because it was just so easy to miss each other. 57 clicks, his small body, was quick flitting motion made him as hard as the quartermasters to perceive, as it was for the winged kin to see the slow-moving lump against the floor. Ah, 57 clicks, the quartermaster said as he raised several sensory-rich appendages to find 57 clicks in the air. I have a request, 57 clicks stated quickly. I would like to be assigned to a lighter mobile vices. I would like to exchange all my current supply for a new type if possible, but even one would be a benefit to my work. The quartermaster was quiet for a long period, but he raised appendages, waved gently in the air. 57 clicks shifted in agitation as he waited for the slower undulate to process his request. Forgive me, the undulate said when he finally dropped his appendages. I'm unaware of any difference in the mobile vices save for the standard size variation. The ones that come in multiple color schemes and have significant portions of flat gripping surface removed for weight concerns. 57 clicks explained. What leads you to believe that such a thing is in our stalls? Quartermaster asked. I have not seen such a thing. Ewan Smith had several in the common room today, 57 clicks replied. The undulate expanded his appendages and then relaxed them in a gesture that translated to a sigh very well. Of course, it was a human, Quartermaster said glumly. I can assure you no such item came through the base supplies. Human Smith must have ordered it personally, 57 clicks said in sudden understanding. He had a disgruntled chirp and landed on his size shelf. Perhaps if you bring me an example of the item in question, I can order some for a feasibility study. The quartermaster suggested. Fifty-seven clicks took off again in delight. That was the thing about having undulates around. They were so good at figuring out ways around things. He darted back across the base and begged to borrow one of the mobile vices from the human smith. Smith handed over easily enough, admonishing him to bring it back. Fifty-seven clicks flew to the bright red folded metal back to the quartermaster. This, he called out, holding up the vice. Quartermaster looked in his gripping appendages and twisted it this way and that, humming thoughtfully. I do not know that I could just justify this, he said finally. These three cuts sacrificed quite a bit of strength and the weight saved is negligible. Maybe negligible to a land crawler, 57 clicks snapped. Every gram counts when you have to carry everything on your own wings. Could you get the initial justification from the human, the undulate asked. Surely they did a feasibility study before altering their design. Humans made these things, 57 clicks asked and surprised. I thought we did. No, the undulate waved a gripping appendage in dismissal. The humans developed these to hold their documents together. They're actually designed as binder paperclips. 
Very well, 57 clicks said. You just need me to get the formally stated logic for the modifications, correct? Yes, specifically why the metal was punched out in specific patterns. The undulate waved the vice to display the three holes in the metal. I cannot determine the structural purpose it serves. 57 clicks sped out and returned far more slowly, radiating so much annoyance and befuddled irritation that even the quartermaster noticed it. Were you not successful? he asked. Humans! 57 clicks muttered as he landed on the shelf. Did Smith not have access to the justifications? the quartermaster asked. No. 57 clicks said curtly. Did he know the justification? the quartermaster prompted. Even a colloquial understanding might give me enough just to get a study justified. Oh, he knew. 57 clicks said with a sigh. The quartermaster poised his gripping appendages expectantly. The three-hole pattern, 57 clicks explained. It's a smiley face, and the justification is it's cute. A long moment stretched between them. Humans, the calls to master muttered. Humans, 57 clicks agreed. Well, I will try, the quartermaster offered, but I advise you now. Not since the Claw Beast incident has the feasibility study been justified because the human perceived cuteness. Thanks, anyway... 57 clicks said glumly as he flew off. Maybe he could trade for one of Smith's. End of story. Story number two. Humans are weird. High five. Written by Betty Adams. Are you very certain that you do not mind me lingering here? Tristanda asked his human companion. Nah, Corporal Byron said absently. You just hang in there until we get the last senses in. Agreed, Tristanda replied. He shifted a few of his gripping appendages on the warm skin on the human's back and carefully shifted the protection of the shirt that protected them both so that it lay easier over them. The scientist was acutely aware of the fact that his seeking shelter here left a large swath of the human's soft abdomen and only a thin protection of a t-shirt and a thin band waist with not even that. Twistanda rubbed the main gripping appendages together in guilt as they felt the solidified precipitation. What mad scientist could have postulated such a thing? Continued to strike the shirt above him. It stung a bit, even through the protection of the human's clothing and Twistanda shuddering at the memory of those horrible moments of pain before his companion had rushed to his aid and sheltered him with his own body. You okay, Twist? Byron asked. I am, Twistunder hesitated, deciding against correcting the shortening of his name. Still relatively uninjured, the human gave a bark of laughter as they reached the next set of coordinates and he plunged the spike that he held in the sensor into the soil. Twistunder felt the thrill of something that wasn't quite fear as he felt the bipedal muscle structure surge under these appendages. What raw power the humans were capable of! What phenomenal forces their bodies were capable of absorbing. Because of that, he shouldn't feel quite so guilty about leaving the human with that bit of unprotected flesh. It was clear that even the tall, energy-expensive bipedal form functioned to protect Byron from the predicament as a small sphere struck his helmet and shoulders then bounced away from the unprotected area. Two more left. Byron said, and Twistunder could have sworn that there was joy and anticipation in the human's voice. You are excited because we are near the end of our task and the safety of our base, Twistunder asked. There was a pause, presumably because the human was accelerating his velocity. 
What did they call that type of movement? Running? Yeah, I guess, Byron finally confirmed. They fell back into silence, and Twistunder focused on attempting to read the confusing mix of chemical signatures the human was sending out. This was a rare opportunity to study the humans up close, and Twistunder planned to make use of it, despite his still lingering terror. Of the east sky, flashes of light and reached the photoreceptors, even under the protection of the shirt, and shortly after that, horrific rolling roar passed over them. Twistunder fought down the undulating squeak of fear. Shortly thereafter, Byron plunged the next of the last probe into the ground and laughed. Twistunder was suddenly struck by the idea that Byron himself was part of the storm. The power, the careless violence, the roiling noise, all was reflected in the sky and the surging body beneath the undulate's appendages. One more, Byron called out, and this last stretch is the shortest one. Byron accelerated and thrust the last spike into the ground. Free of that last weight and he'd been pulling at his arms, the human altered his direction and they began to fly over the ground. Twistunder became aware of some rising sound, something like a rivulet of water falling into the shoal from a prominence, but loud and terrifying. Twistunder switched as he realized that somewhere behind them, the sleet had increased and the storm front had carried was approaching them. Before the undulate could ponder that much, Byron gathered his muscles under him and simply leapt over the protective barriers surrounding the base. Oh, security will not be pleased, Twistunder gasped. Byron laughed and charged the front doors of the base. They opened for him as they passed through. Byron deaccelerated violently and stopped in the center of the way. Whoa! Byron let out a sound of the xenopsychologist would no doubt be analyzing for cycles to come. Byron began moving around lightly, probably to allow his muscles to cool down without damage from his exertion. Then Twistunder shoved a significant portion of himself out of the neck of the shirt in order to observe what was going on. The basis of the human occupant was approaching them from the first aid kit. Did you finish the mission? The other human asked. Oh yeah, Byron crowed. High five, mate. Twistunder held on as the shock of the human raised opposing arms and swung them together with the same force that Byron had driven the probes into the ground. The hands connected with a jar of force that traveled through Byron's body. You ready to get down, Twist? Byron asked. Quite ready. Twistunder said meekly. The Angela climbed down from the human's legs and stepped away into his quarters. He mulled over the idea of formally comparing the human behavior to a sort of benevolent atmospheric storm. A mad, mad benevolent atmospheric storm. End of story. Story number three. Humans are weird. Due date. Written by Betty Adams. Can't tonight's drills, Susan said as she swept a handful of protein balls into one of her over-large pockets. I got a deadline. Tendrils ran a quick hook over his sensory horns and hid his offense. She had given him an open invitation to use her pockets for midday nesting, and then she kept them in such disorder. It was very confusing. I am sorry to hear that. Tendrils informed her when he had his fur smoothed. Did the central coordinates send you another emergency packet? Nah, Susan said as she selected a rather worrying number of stimulants from those displayed on the counter. It's just that report on the protein yields to the hybrid from Tau Gamma 7. Were you not assigned that report six months ago? 
Tendrils asked. Yeah, Susan said as she tossed the final muffin into her pockets. But it's not done until tonight at midnight. How much do you still have to have to do? Tendrils asked. Enough to keep me busy till midnight, Susan said and strode out of the room. See you tomorrow, Trills. Tendrils watched her go as he mulled over the many recreational hours that they had spent together at Susan's behest. Hopefully, there would not be too many crumbs in her pockets when she, hopefully, finished her report. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.